Welcome to this edition of Head to Head. I'm your host, Cam McKinney, and this is episode number 289 of the podcast. And on this episode, I'm talking about the New York Yankees trading for San Diego Padres outfielder Juan Soto. The New York Yankees made a significant offseason move and traded for one of the best overall offensive players in baseball, Juan Soto. And the outfielder who had only 25 years old has won an MVP, a batting title, has led the league in walks in three straight seasons, and has been on a team that won a World Series title. It feels like in the last few years, the Yankees have been reluctant to make this kind of big splash, and it has a lot to do with recent failures like Giancarlo Stanton, who yes, when he plays, still has tremendous power, but injuries have made him impossible to rely on. But these kind of moves are what the Yankees have been notorious for, getting star players from other smaller teams. The big one was in 1959, trading for Roger Maris, the guy who you know would go on to hit 61 home runs in a Major League Baseball season. In the 90s, to start off their dynasty, they traded for Paul O'Neill from the Reds, David Cohn from the Blue Jays, Martinez from the Mariners. And the most recent one that was super polarizing was way back when they traded for Alex Rodriguez from the Texas Rangers. I mean, this is what the Yankees do. And sometimes it always doesn't work out. Remember, the New York Yankees once had Ricky Henderson, the best leadoff hitter of all time. He spent near five years as a member of the Yankees, but nobody remembers his time there because the team did not make the postseason in his run with the team. But when I think of big market teams, this is what I think of. These are teams that acquire star players from smaller market franchises. And no offense to San Diego, but they are a smaller market who has been acting like a bigger market team, and now it's coming back to haunt them. I'm a fan of the Boston Red Sox. I remember when the Red Sox traded for star first baseman Adrian Gonzalez, who is one of the best players in San Diego. Padres franchise history. In these last few years, the Yankees were just not making these kind of moves. I remember earlier this year, there were the Brian Reynolds rumors. Brian Reynolds is a star outfielder for the Pittsburgh Pirates. The Yankees were linked to him. If this were the 90s or the 2000s, the Yankees would have made that move. But instead, Brian Reynolds signed a contract extension to remain with the Pittsburgh Pirates. And I was baffled at the time because that's the kind of move that the Yankees Yankees need to make. That's what shows other teams that you are the New York Yankees and they aren't. You steal players from teams like the Pittsburgh Pirates. This is the Yankees doing Yankee things. No matter if things are going really well or really bad for the Yankees, they need to continue to make these kind of moves. It's imperative for them to remain the New York Yankees. How about this? At the height of the New York Yankees dynasty, when they didn't have to make a move like this, they traded for an all-time great starting pitcher in Roger Clemens. They were coming off the 1998 season. We all remember how dominant the 1998 Yankees were. David Wells pitched a perfect game in that season, and what did the Yankees do? They traded David Wells for Roger Clemens. That's what I'm talking about. That's the kind of move that big market teams make, and that's the kind of move that the Yankees have not been making 
recently. It's not about signing free agents. Any team can do that. It's about being that bigger market team that takes from the smaller market team. That is a sign of being a big market franchise. And yes, MLB free agency is super important. I mean, the Yankees have a great history of it. They brought in Reggie Jackson. They brought in CeCe Sabathia, Mark Teixeira, Mike Mussina, Jason Giambi. But these trades, I think, are more important to who the Yankees are because they are taking from smaller market teams and adding to their arsenal. And I also think it's important to make these kind of trades because you're not going to be able to sign everyone. Whether you love these kind of trades or hate these kind of trades. It's what makes the Yankees the Yankees. Once there were rumblings of the Padres having financial woes, you immediately thought a team like the Yankees would take their star player Juan Soto. And that's exactly what you want a team like the New York Yankees to do, is take advantage of another team's misfortune. This was not a success for the San Diego Padres. I don't care that they got Michael King in a trade. Trading a star 20 five-year-old outfielder is never a good thing for an organization, and I have no idea why A.J. Preller is still the general manager of the San Diego Padres. Here are the star players that A.J. Preller has brought in. Craig Kimbrell, Matt Kemp, James Shields, Justin Upton, Manny Machado, Hugh Darvish, Juan Soto, the list goes on, and what does he have to show for it? Yes, there have been some success going to the NLCS one season, but he doesn't have a World Series title, and none of these guys have had long tenures as members of the San Diego Padres. I think A.J. Preller has been given too many chances to run the San Diego Padres. I don't think it's going anywhere, because the Padres aren't developing their own stars, and I've said this again and again. You can't just bring in a bunch of free agents who have had success on other teams and expect them to win a World Series championship. It doesn't work that way. Let's talk about the Yankees because the Yankees' offense was terrible last season. There were too many games when you watch the Yankees and you go, I have never heard of that player. When you think of the Yankees, you think of star power. You think of Derek Jeter. You think of Alex Rodriguez. You think of Jason Giambi. These offensive players who names you know. Last season, you watched them and you were like, who is this guy? And why is he on the most famous baseball team in America? They have one guy, and that's Aaron Judge. And Aaron Judge had a really great first half, but then was injured for much of the second half. And the Yankees didn't know how to deal without him. And their other players who are well-known are older. Anthony Rizzo can no longer carry a baseball team. DJ LeMahieu isn't the batting title champion. He used to be. Giancarlo Stan again can go for a hot streaks, but he's not the same Giancarlo Stan he was with the Marlins. The Yankees desperately needed that second star player. And they got that guy in Juan Soto. I mean, that's a scary combination of Aaron Judge and Juan Soto because both of these guys have high batting averages. They get on base. They are all-star premier players. They are guys who can both win MVPs in any season. And as a fan of baseball, I always think it's important to have a one-two punch in your offense. I grew up watching David Ortiz and Manny Ramirez. They would bat 3-4 in the lineup, and you knew what you were getting out of them every single day. Those two alone could carry an offense. That's what the Yankees are going to expect 
from Aaron Judge and Juan Soto that those two alone are going to hit 35 to 50 homers and carry their entire offense. That's a lot to ask for, but when you have stars like this, that's what you expect. Now, I would say, don't I don't think they're going to be Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, Joe DiMaggio, Mickey Mantle, but I think these two are going to put up tremendous, tremendous numbers together because you can't avoid either of them. You're not going to walk Juan Soto to get to Aaron Judge or vice versa. You're not because both of these guys are extremely dangerous. I think it's worth mentioning that the Yankees made another trade for Red Sox outfielder Alex Verdugo. Now, like I said, I root for and watch the Boston Red Sox. I've seen a lot of Alex Verdugo. I think he is an average baseball player, but for what the Yankees are going to need him to do, I do think it's a good fit because they're not asking him to be an all-star level player. I think the Red Sox were frustrated with Verdugo because they wanted him to be a franchise player because they had high expectations. He was the big piece in the Mookie Betts deal. They were expecting him to be something special, and he's not that, but he's still a good enough ball player. I think he's going to be like the fourth outfielder most of the time. In the San Diego trade for Juan Soto, they also got center fielder Trent Grisham, who is a Gold Glove Award winner. He's a very good player. He's inconsistent offensively, so he may not be getting regular playing time. But I think the Yankees outfield is going to be much improved next season. For the rest of the Yankees offense, other than their outfield, I don't know really what to expect. Glaber Torres has always been a mystery to me. He hits 20 to 30 homers a season, but he's just kind of average on way too many occasions. He's not that star player. I think the Yankees were imagining he was going to be. They moved him from shortstop to second base, so I don't really know if he has a long-term future with the New York Yankees. I personally wouldn't be shocked if he were dealt this offseason. Like, I just look at him and I go, this is a guy that they could move for a better piece to add to their roster. I really believe a big part to the Yankees' success next season is going to come down to their young shortstop, Anthony Volpe. If he can continue to grow and develop and become a star shortstop, that is going to be a huge advantage for the New York Yankees. If he can be more consistent, like he was starting to down the stretch, if he can become an all-star caliber shortstop, then I think the Yankees become a real threat to win that division over a team like the Baltimore Orioles or the Tampa Bay Rays. Because even though I believe Aaron Judge and Juan Soto are going to be special, the Yankees are going to need somebody else to step up big on offense, and I'm betting on that being Anthony Volpe. He's a young player. He went 20-20 last season. He had 20 homers and 20 steals. That's excellent for a rookie shortstop. If he can take that next step and have a higher batting average and be more consistent, then the Yankees could be a special offense yet again. I still think there are too many positions on the Yankees that you don't know what you're going to get out from. The catcher position, yes, they have Jose Trevino, who is a decent catcher, but he's not like Jorge Posada was in the 90s, a guy who's going to drive in 80 runs. The same with the third base position. I think the Yankees should be in on Matt Chapman. I would go for a guy like that. Like The Yankees need to have somebody at third base who can be more productive offensively. Because of the Juan Soto acquisition and their struggles on offense, we're focusing 
missing on that side of the ball, but I think there also is a question with their starting rotation. They right now have Garrett Cole, and Garrett Cole had an all-time season for the New York Yankees. He's the clear ace of the staff. After that, there is a big question mark. They lost Luis Severino, who had an up-and-down tenure with the Yankees. He's now with the New York Mets. Last season, they gave $162 million to Carlos Rodon, and he had an injury-riddled season. You don't know what you're going to get out of him next season. I think this Yankees offseason might come down to, do they get Yamamoto, the big Japanese pitcher that everyone is after? He's 25 years old, and everyone says he's going to be the next big thing in baseball. The Yankees are going to meet with the 25-year-old pitcher the day that this podcast comes out. If the Yankees get Yamamoto and Juan Soto, then I believe people will say they have had the best offseason of any baseball team, even bigger than the Dodgers getting Shohei Otani, a move that I will talk about next week on the podcast. Last season, one of their best starting pitchers, Nestor Cortez, only made 12 starts. If he comes back next season and is the same old Nestor, then they could have a really good rotation that includes Garrett Cole, Carlos Rodon, Yamamoto if they sign him, and Nestor Cortez. That is four really good starting pitchers. We'll see if they end up getting Yamamoto. Many people are making a big deal out of the fact that Juan Soto may be a rental because he's got one year left under control. The Yankees are one of the only teams that can afford to pay him. Juan Soto reportedly turned down $440 million from the Washington Nationals, and that's part of the reason why he was traded away to the San Diego Padres. If he performs well with the team, it's a win-win situation. I don't see the risk here. Juan Soto, they I've heard, wants to be a member of the New York Yankees, and I get it. He's a Scott Boris client, so he's probably not going to sign a long-term deal right away. What is the risk here, though? The Yankees needed an improved offense. Juan Soto is going to improve their offense. If he has an all-time great season for the Yankees, he will then earn a massively big contract that really only the Yankees can afford. And if they want to keep him, they will probably have the chance to do so. I would understand if this was the Rays trading away everything to get Juan Soto. Then you would go, that's kind of stupid. Even then, haven't we learned from the Kawhi Leonard trade with the Toronto Raptors that there is no bad move when it comes to rentals if you end up winning a championship. If this move ends up with the Yankees winning a World Series title, it will be a success even if Juan Soto leaves the team in free agency. Here's how I see this going. If Juan Soto has a very good to great season with the Yankees, the Yankees will then in return want to sign Juan Soto to a long-term contract contract extension, and he will probably end up being a member of the New York Yankees for the long term. This is a guy who is 25 years old. He's also not going to want to join his fourth team in less than five years. I don't think he wants to be this generation's Gary Sheffield. He probably wants to sign with the team long term. He just doesn't want to sign right now because he wants his value to go up. I don't know if Juan Soto is right now worth the 
$440 million he turned down. Yes, he is a great offensive player, but I think it is fair to point out he didn't win anything with the San Diego Padres. It's kind of wild how we're fixated on these players on the San Diego Padres because they had excellent individual seasons. Blake Snell won a Cy Young Award. Now everybody wants Blake Snell. Juan Soto was a big trade acquisition, but at the end of the day, these guys were all on the same team together and didn't make the postseason. Shouldn't that be more of a red flag than it is? I mean, is it just the Padres? Like, I I believe Juan Soto is a winner. He was the best player on a World Series winning team. I just don't understand what went wrong with the San Diego Padres. Bob Melvin, one of the best managers in all of baseball, left the Padres to go manage the San Francisco Giants. And then you have Soto getting traded. Blake Snell is going to end on a new team and get a massive amount of money. And closer Josh Hader is going to end up getting a massive amount of money. Yet none of them won anything as members of the San Diego Padres. I just think we need to keep talking about that fact. Having said all that, I like this move a lot for the New York Yankees. I would have liked it for any team if my team had acquired Juan Soto, I would be pumped because they are reminding their fan base that they are the big market New York Yankees, something that I want my team to do. I want the Boston Red Sox to go back to acting like they are the Boston Red Sox, and I think the Yankees fans wanted the Yankees to go back to acting like the New York Yankees, and this is them doing that. Juan Soto is 25 years old. It doesn't matter if he's a Yankee for the next 15 years or just one year. I think this is a big move that will help them get back on track and being one of those teams that is in contention to win a World Series title. Do I expect the Yankees to win the World Series next season? No, but they should definitely have playoff expectations. They have Aaron Judge. They now have Juan Soto. They might have Yamamoto. They have Garrett Cole. They are a very good on paper baseball team. Something they were not for most of last season. And I think the thing I like most about this move is you no longer need to rely on Giancarlo Stanton. Anything he does for your baseball team moving forward is a bonus. And I know that's wild to say because of his contract, but the Yankees can no longer rely on Giancarlo Stanton. That's why I didn't think Brian Cashman's statements about Giancarlo Stanton always being injured was that egregious. And I know Stanton's agent was mad about it, but he was just stating the fact. Like, for example, the Red Sox are dealing with the exact same thing with Chris Sale, but instead of replacing Chris Sale and making him not necessary, they continue to say things like Chris Sale is going to be in their starting rotation. You can't live in that world anymore. And the Yankees have now realized that with Giancarlo Stanton. So what have they done? They've gone out and basically traded for his replacement in Juan Soto. For a while we've been living in bizarro world where the San Diego Padres are acting like a big market team and the Yankees are acting like a smaller market team. Now things are back to normal. The Yankees have traded from the San Diego Padres and they've acquired a star player. Things make sense again. The Yankees are acting like the New York Yankees and I think it's a good thing for baseball. No, I don't want the Yankees to win the World Series, but I want them to be relevant and 
and I want them to have star players in their franchise because they are a big market team that baseball needs to be relevant moving forward. And having Juan Soto and Aaron Judge on the same roster clearly makes the Yankees a relevant baseball franchise again. Thanks for listening to this edition of Head to Head. I'm Cam McKinney, and there'll be a new episode of the podcast every Monday on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So please rate, review, and subscribe. <laughs>